From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. A new drug combination seems to help slow the decline of patients with ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. And here to talk with me about this exciting development is Dr. Jenny Meyer. She's a neurologist at Upstate who specializes in neuromuscular medicine. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Meyer. Thanks so much for having me back, Amber. Now, I used shorthand for the disease ALS, which stands for amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. Can you give us a brief description of what this disease is? Sure. Uh, ALS is a neuro, a progressive neurodegenerative condition, um, which is characterized by death of motor neurons, which are the cells that tell your muscles to move from your nervous system. Um, in ALS, there are two different types of motor neurons. There's the ones that live in your brain and the ones that live in your spine. And these, uh, basically, these neurons send signals from your brain to your muscles to tell them to move. Um, in this particular condition, those motor neurons die. And so the ability for the person to control their muscle movements becomes challenged. And is this, does this affect men and women equally? Yeah, so uh, men, well, typically, actually, before the age of 65, it's more common in men, but after the age of 65, it's actually equal prevalence between genders, and these patients will develop muscle weakness, trouble swallowing, trouble breathing, slowly over a period of usually three to five years. So I was going to ask, how do people normally find out that they have this? But So they may develop one of these symptoms where their muscles are are feeling weak or weakness maybe? Yeah, usually the most common presentation is with weakness in one arm or one leg that is uh, painless. So they'll notice that they may have difficulty with their coordination, their muscles seem like they're shrinking or they notice twitching of the muscles. Um, there are other presentations, however, that start with mainly trouble swallowing. Um, so not all patients with ALS look alike. Uh, which is, makes it a challenging disease for doctors to recognize. I see. Now, do we know what causes these motor neurons to die? I think they're still trying to sort out exactly what causes them uh, to to become injured. Um, at this point, it's definitely a combination of environmental and uh, genetic mechanisms at this point. Uh, we know that uh, these... There, there are different groups of people that tend to be slightly higher risk for ALS, for example, military veterans. Um, we don't know why they have a higher risk, whether it has to do with exposure due to overseas travel or whether or not it has to do with infections that they might come across due to their state where they're stationed, um, or if it has to do with the amount of athleticism and injuries that can occur as a military personnel. Um, so there are some uh, different leads that the, that the scientists are looking into to try to figure out the cause. But at this point, it's still considered what's called a multifactorial disease. We don't know all the features of why it happens. So can you tell us how um, ALS has been treated before this new drug combination, which we are going to talk about, but can you tell us what you've had to treat it with prior to this? The two drugs that the uh, Food and Drug Administration have approved for ALS to date are Rilazole and Adarivone. Uh, Rilazole is a tablet that was uh, approved in the 1990s that uh, reduced in patients with ALS, it reduced their mortality. So it 
showed that patients who were on the drug needed a ventilator three months later than people who were not, uh, who would have needed a ventilator sooner. The other drug, Adarivone, is a drug that was approved based on its ability to preserve function in ALS. So patients had less morbidity, which is disability. And so patients on that drug compared to placebo had uh, preservation of their function, which could be ability to climb stairs, feed themselves, um, you know, swallow food. Well, tell us about this new combination. Are the, is it a combination of those two drugs you just mentioned, or are these new medications? So actually, the new medication that was recently um, described in the Centaur trial uh, is a drug called AMX0035. Um, it's a combination of two substances, sodium phenylbutyrate and, uh, and uh, terosidiol. Um, basically, there was some evidence, preclinical evidence, that in um, models for nerve preservation that these two substances could be useful to preserve motor neuron function. Um, and so uh, a company called Amelix uh, developed this combination and worked with the group at Mass General Hospital to create a study to see if it was effective in ALS patients. So the trial that just completed the Centaur trial was a phase two, which is a safety and efficacy trial. Um, that was uh, placebo controlled, meaning that the patients were either given drug or uh, a blank, if you will. Um, and they measured to see in that time period that they were given medication, whether it affected their function, which uh, is uh, like their abilities to do things for themselves, as well as their time to death to see if it was uh, a, you know, potentially curative for the disease. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Jenny Meyer. She's a neurologist who takes care of many patients with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. So when news of this Centaur study was reported, did you have patients wanting to try it? Absolutely. Uh, I think my phone and email were immediately inundated when the New York Times broke the story. Um, Unfortunately, the way research typically works is that a small, usually small companies or, or smaller uh, pharmaceutical companies generate these substances for trials, but they aren't big enough to do mass production uh, at the onset because they don't they don't know whether it's going to work or not. So a lot of money gets put up front from either grants. In this case, uh, one of the the financial resources for this. Uh, came from the ice bucket challenge, which you might remember from a few years ago when people were dumping large buckets of ice over themselves on social media and trying to convince their family members to donate towards the ALS Association. That grant uh, went to this group, uh, this uh, business, which actually was started by two college students uh, who had the idea while they were at Yale, I believe. And uh, the medication was uh, picked up by Mass General Hospital, which has a large ALS population in their clinic there. Um, and they studied uh, about 137 of them for the drug. So the company itself isn't mass producing the drug yet. It's not widely available. Um, the F Food and Drug Administration would have to approve it uh, for them to get insurance to, to help provide funding to pay for the drug. So. There's a lot of upfront costs in research to uh, get medications to patients. 
so really it can't be prescribed right now. No, there's a group of, um, there's a, a political action group called I Am ALS, which is uh, trying to lobby the Food and Drug Administration to uh, forego some of their typical safety requirements for drugs to be, uh, for the drug to be approved early. Um, some uh, companies, if they're large enough and have the financial resources, can do something called compassionate use, which means that the patients can get the drug early. However, uh, this company, being that it's very small, uh, was not able to uh, produce enough drug for the number of patients that want it. So at this point, um, our hope is that the Food and Drug Administration will uh, potentially approve the drug for uh, the fact that a lot of patients with ALS may pass pass or die in the time that it would take to do what they usually require for a drug to be approved, which is called a phase three trial, where they, they, they test the drug in a larger group of people to prove its efficacy um, to slow the disease. Once there is uh, the FDA approval and the medication combination is available, this AMX35, is this something, is this a treatment that would be appropriate for anyone who has ALS or are there some disqualifiers? So I think at this point, um, from what I've seen from what the FDA has done for other drugs, the other two drugs for ALS, they typically approve it for all patients. But as uh, research researchers have to define specific criteria of what they're looking, which types of patients they're going to look for change in. And so often the trials require specific criteria. So in this particular trial, for example, they studied early onset patients. Um, but as we know from the Adaravone trial, which was already approved, uh, they made a broad statement saying that it was approved for all ALS patients, not just early onset so or earlier in the disease. So I expect that if the FDA does approve the drug, they will likely keep that theme of, of approving it for all patients with the condition, um, although the trials themselves are often done in a select group of patients. Now, is it a, is it a pill that one would take or is it an injection? What, how, how would it work? Uh, I think uh, uh, the formulation that they used for the trial was a tablet um, and it actually, it was a, or a satchel of powder. Um, they, uh, actually were able to give it to patients with feeding tubes because it was a powder. Uh, so it could be made into a slurry and poured down the tube or um, compounded into a tablet or capsule uh, to be swallowed. So at this point, I think it's um, that's the formulation that they'll, they'll probably approve. I see. Well, can you talk about other treatments that are in development? Uh, I know you described how this is a disease where the motor neurons are are dying or have died. Are there any medications that would reverse or you know bring those neurons back to life? Is there a way to do that? Uh, we uh, I, there are a number of there are about fifty I think ALS trials currently going on uh, for different substances across the world. Um, I don't know the specifics of all the different compounds that they're testing. Um, there, I know, are a number of very promising mechanisms that they're hoping to reduce damage to the neurons. You know, before basically they're trying to treat ALS before it becomes too far gone because we know that once a neuron is dead, is dead. There's so far there's not been any um, treatments to date that have ever resurrected dead neurons, but. 
I think the goal is to try to reduce the damage before it gets too far along to try to reverse the disease as opposed to or prevent the disease from worsening as opposed to um, bringing something back to life that has already been gone. Well, how long until you think there might be uh, what we might call a cure or something that would make ALS a chronic but less debilitating disease? I'd say based on the research that I think this is something that, you know, we we potentially could have a cure or a cocktail to slow the disease within the next five years. Um, because of the fact that research often takes time and there's a number of trials currently ongoing. Um, usually the average clinical trial takes between two and three years to complete. Um, but then they, you know, then they have to kind of crunch all the numbers and see uh see what the data shows but i i would say that based on the number the sheer number of research trials available now we're much closer than we ever have been to curing this disease well amx 35 that's the uh combination that we're talking about now though that's the next thing you think might be available for people really right yeah i think that if the fda goes ahead and approves it without the phase three this would be another medication to add to the uh cocktail of, of treatments for als uh, with rilazole and adarabone um and then additional treatments that become approved down the road i i think because the mechanism of als seems to be coming from different sources the way that we treat it will probably be with a combination of drugs that affect the neurons in different ways. Oh, very good to know. Thank you to neurologist Jenny Meyer. She's an assistant professor of neurology at Upstate, specializing in neuromuscular medicine. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.